Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John, and welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical That's eye. right. And to avoid lazy negativity, we have decided to make this here episode a drinking game. Yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, you can't have a bigger glass than me. Come on. I know. Well, this is a gift from the Matt and Mark movie show as part of our Secret Santa that's bigger than your face. Yeah, this is a one liter boot. And I've, I've had these boots before at, re- at bars and the, it's bigger than a liter for sure. The line for the liter is meant to have like a half, uh, like six inches of foam on top. So I poured a pint into this and this thing like <laughs> it barely filled up the, the foot, let alone the leg of this boot. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. So I would say pour yourself a glass, but you fucking already have. I know. I would have filled it up. All my beers are different. All my beers are different kinds right now. This is a clean out episode for me. So, so you're you're drinking you're drinking beer rocket fuel is what you're saying. I'm gonna be drinking one beer at a time out of this boot. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Cool. Just put them all since in. Our like, intro just, since our intro just went to absolute shit, Jeff, do you remember that time you and I were seeing how much beer we could drink at once in college, and we had like a boot at your and, house, um, and I chugged the whole the thing, I don't and then I immediately you up right drew afterwards. Up. Yeah, you <laughs> just you like a minute. I was like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> well, because you, you you had a friend that chugged um, five beers in a row. Still you, still yes, counts. I do. I will not out him, but five beers. He chugged an entire pitcher at once, and they got really famous for it. Or notorious, rather, on a bad way. Oh, my God, hmm. so funny. We had a prime minister like that once. <laughs> yeah, except they're all... Uh, that, no, but, but your did. prime minister wasn't drinking beer. Your prime minister <laughs> was using just... cocaine. Yeah, you've either got to sit six, six, crack. You six, crack, six feet away or turn the gain in your microphone down. <laughs> oh yeah, the gain is up really high on my microphone. <laughs> I apologize there. Wait, was it the Canadian Prime Minister that did crack oh. before Trudeau? Who was? Somebody yeah, did crack. I, it was yeah, one I think of it, no, it was one of the Somebody ministers. in the Commonwealth yeah. in a high level of leadership did crack. I mean, Not if you ask me, a lot of the people in the Commonwealth are doing crack. But Guys, yeah. how many other podcasts West Side Story episode has started out the way that ours has? <laughs> Not many. I gotta. I gotta brag. My my amazing girlfriend made me a uh, a movie themed drink. This is a a Rican coconut nog, some good spiced rum in here. It's very tasty. It's basically like Puerto Ooh. Rican eggnog, supposedly. But it's it's uh, very 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 good. You guys, I, I recommend. Uh, I recommend trying it. I don't know. I like, I like that Puerto it, Rico has eggnog. That's I've learned something today. That's awesome. Well, it's their version of it, right? It's not. It's not. Eggnog. It counts. Anyway, it counts. God damn it. We've blown Dave, the intro. Dave, finish the intro. No, you, yeah, you finished the intro. He finished it. <laughs> if, if, okay, no, anyway, okay, so it's a drinking game. Anyone says anything negative or stupid about a movie, each other, anything, you'll hear this sound. Ooh. And that means we're drinking. We like are Jeff drinking. Is right now. There we go. Oh, you I'm at the, you, you'll, hear, you'll hear Jeff every time he takes a drink because it'll hit the bubble. Do you hear it every time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to Dude, have you not seen Beer Vest? Turn the boot. No, I. No. Oh, so that the toe is face down, right? Yeah. No, sideways. I just, sideways. Gotta I just did it sideways. Up. Fucking Matt and Mark, guys. Gotta, I gotta send you your boots. Shout out, Matt and Mark. Send, movie send show. him some fucking classes uh, as well. Uh, okay, anyway, here we are. Baby. We were, people were talking about West Side. I want to apologize. My game was up so hot. I'm coming in so hot on this episode for West Side Story. People. You're fine now. You're good now. It was intense. Yeah, if you, you can actually, if you watch the video on YouTube, you can actually see my eyes pop out of my head briefly. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Yeah. Um, John, who are our uh, sponsors? Uh, we have one or two. I don't know if, if you guys have ever heard of them. His name is Carlos Barozzo. That guy. And he has a new and improved handle on Instagram that he messaged Jeff and I about this week. It is very simply cbarozzo.beer. That's right, people. Not too different than it was. C-B-A-R-O-Z-O dot B-E-R. E-E-R. Get in there. See Barozzo dot beer. You know what the fuck it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. He just bombed our copy. Ah, no, we're good. And we have uh, real original music that is on this podcast. It's on every single week, every single episode, some different samples through the ages, all provided by the artist Dasein. That's Dasein, D-A-S-E-I-N. If you're digging it, head on over to soundcloud.com forward slash Dasein dash artist and download all of it for free. Give that hmm. man some love and come right go, back and like us, love us, link. share us. Yes, well, straight our link on the, tree has on our link in our notes takes all you the straight things. There. Takes you straight to him. I'm telling you, Not folks, any of the doing? other four people that are trying to rip him off. Yeah, come on. Come on. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I could not be more excited. Jeff, set, oh, man, there's a giant bug in my drink. Set this movie That's up. That's okay. It's, it's, it's fucking protein. fly out of my drink. It's got coconut oh in it. Oh, my God. Um, 
All right. This giant fly. You so guys. it's part of the ingredients. <laughs> so that we roll Jesus in Australia. Christ. Of course, this is the week that my mo- my mom, who runs the senior center in town, is recruiting friends to watch not only listen but watch our episode. All we've done is talked about parliamentary debauchery, and we've anyway. Um, We've debauched ourselves. West Side Story, believe it or not, several of us have BFAs in musical theater. John was actually Chino in West Side Story one time. I remember pretty well because I was the spotlight operator. And Tony. I've been Tony and Chino and I've music directed this show. So you've heard of the show. Okay, cool. So this is West Side Story. I don't know if you guys at home have heard of this. Uh, Apparently you didn't go see it in the movie theater, but I'm glad that you're here for our podcast anyway. Um, I would Usually we do spoiler stuff and I usually say right now, if you haven't seen the movie, listen to us for a little bit. We're going to start with our initial takeaway so you can decide if you should see the movie or if you want to see the movie. It's West Side Story. There are a couple updates to the the story that were made by... uh, uh, screen adapter Tony Kushner, who is a Pulitzer Prize winner for Angels in America. He also wrote Steven Spielberg's last best movie, which was Munich in 2004. He also wrote Lincoln and a couple other movies. So Tony Kushner did the adaptation for this. And besides a couple of things, just the movie's fucking awesome. Go see it. And that's our spoil. Now we're in. <laughs> that's the and the show's over. Some people Thanks. die. Some no, people die. There's a gun. Uh, you just, you know, you get the, you get the gist. Okay, cool. So this is Steven Spielberg. It's been a passion project of his forever. He apparently dedicated it to dad, which I thought he dedicated Saving Private Ryan to dad, but okay. He can, he made a lot of movies, so he's recircling his dad recommendations (laughs) here. Uh, this is starring Ansel Elgort as Tony, Rachel Ziegler, who's a newcomer as Maria, who is now 20 years old. This movie was supposed to come out in 2020 wow. for Christmas when she would have been 19. So I'm guessing she was 18 when she filmed this. Ariana DeBose, who was blowing up. She was in Schmigadoon in the prom recently. David Alvarez, who almost quit acting as Bernardo. And then legendary Rita Moreno as Valentino, who is the stand-in for Doc. We'll get there pretty soon. Rita Moreno won an Oscar for playing Anita in the original film. You have somewhat newcomer Mike Feist, who's a Broadway performer mm-hmm. as Riff. And then, of course, our hero, Brian Darcy James, hero for the stage of stage folk of us as officer Krepke and Corey Stoll is probably the biggest name out of everybody as Lieutenant Shrank. I think that's basically the setup. I don't want to set too much of the updates yet, which we'll get to. Um, but let's do our usual thing. I'm not, I'm not going to read the synopsis 1957 upper West side. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I also <laughs> think we should, this is, if you Fuck don't you know what happens by this, now, yeah. you've, you've, you've yeah, done yourself a disservice. Spoilers. We can hold off you, on the updates. It's not even, it's you, not even, spo- it's not not even think, spoilers. Like. Yeah. You might not think you've seen it, but given all the parodies and references in other popular culture, you've seen this whole film. Yeah, exactly. The, and this is based on a, a, a little known tale called Romeo and Juliet. So, so fuck you if you haven't seen this movie yet yeah. or don't know what the story right. is or anything. You'll, you'll, you'll get the drift as we're discussing. I'll, Dave. I'll, well, let me do one more setup. Recently, we said when we did... Not singing in the rain. When we did, what's the other movie musical we did? We've done a lot of movies. Um, we did In the Heights, and we did that, uh, that other thing. show what we named. No, no, no. The same week as In the Heights, we did. G- what's his? <laughs> Come on, Gene Kelly and Donald. O- singing in, sing the, in rain? the rain. Wait, this singing in the rain. Yeah. That was singing in the rain. I was singing in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Drink your boot in shame, you bitch. <laughs> Not singing in the rain. We did singing in the rain. <laughs> Um, fuck guys. I'm so sorry. I should say though, we said by we, I mean, Amy, Joe and I, cause she was our guest that week said that the West Side Story movie is the best out of the film adaptations of Broadway musicals. Cause the sound of music is technically better film than West Side Story, but the musical sucked and they made it better. So they almost like redid it. But as far mm. as like what, like Wizard of Oz, for instance, Mary Poppins, those were direct to film. So as far as Broadway shows that we needed to capture on film, we agreed that in the history of Broadway, we thought West Side Story, the original Robert Wise film from 1961, we thought was the best, mm-hmm. despite its obvious flaws, you know, um, a very, very white Maria, for instance. But yes, this so so this is that was that's that's the source material. We really praised that movie. I think this one's better. What do you guys think? Dave, what do you think? Oh, comes out swinging with a controversial opinion there. I, I mean, I do you remember when uh, it was after Frozen came out, and then they they really did they released another animated series, uh, and then at the beginning of that there was a short film 
uh, with one of the frozen characters. It was, I think it was the snowman. Yeah, it did not oh, do well. Was in it. And, and it, they, they made the kids shoot through this 15 minute thing. And the, the review, basically the best review I heard of that was this five-year-old kid who turned to his dad <laughs> yeah. and was like, daddy, nobody, wa- nobody asked for this. Oh my God. That's yeah. so good. And I feel like that, that's what the whole world has said about this film. It's like, how dare he? Nobody asked for this. Why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? Cause he's a fucking amazing director and he nailed it. Yeah. Like, Yep. From the get-go, like, oh, my God, the sound mix. Did I, did, I, did you see this in uh, Dolby Cinema? Yep. Yeah. I did not. Like, the, but... the whistles were just coming from everywhere. It was, like, it's the first time I've ever heard anyone use the center above Dolby track. <laughs> nice. Mm. Like, that you could hear. And it yeah. was, yeah, it was, it was really, like, right down to this, like, the sound mix was phenomenal. This is the, gotcha. like, this is the anti lame is. Like, they took the music <laughs> and just swelled it. Mm. And, like, fair. <laughs> but like it's it was a real like i'd put this up there with like chicago for musical adaptations because that was my modern favorite till now yeah to that i really quickly i want to i want to reiterate what i said last year when we were doing a lot of the films that were coming out we think for the right reasons that these huge theater experiences dolby cinema imax 3d that that's meant for the superhero movies right because it's like theme park you know you want that kind mm. of stuff but the reason that these kinds of stories, whether it's West Side or even something really intimate, uh, like Aroma, for instance, what the sound mix can do when it's not just high volume stuff, like Dave said, when that whistle happened, it was happening all over the theater for me. There was a whistle in the back left. There was a whistle back right. So then all of a sudden, by having a smaller tail use this kind of technology, then I'm immersed as opposed to just like a like a VR experience. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's why I think these kinds of movies should really be seen in the cinema, because I know my soundbar can't throw 10 whistles from 10 different locations at me. Anyway, yeah. John, what do you think? I could not agree more. I, you ready for the biggest statement I could possibly think of? Part of me feels like Steven Spielberg d- directed 40 years and this movie was made in 61 and this musical was made in 60 just so Steven Spielberg could make it into a masterpiece in 2021. I mean, I can't believe how well his style fit this this story yeah. in this movie i cannot believe he's never done this before yeah it was shocking like it was actually shocking and dave you're totally right you're right 57 thank you for the original for the original musical uh everyone was like why is he doing that and and i i think if you go see it you'll understand why and we're going to get into the updates and stuff that is still very much him i know that was he you know he directed all this, this is a passion project there's no way he just said, yeah, Tony, do whatever you want. They worked really hard on yeah, trying to figure you out can, ways and you can tell that. to justify everything because there are holes in these. You know, musicals always have holes in scripts. And when you're sitting 100 feet, 100 yards, 100 meters away from, from something and there's so much music and song coming at you, there's something about sitting in a theater where your mind fills in a lot of gaps more uh, mm. in live theater than you're willing to do in the realism of a cinema. Just also, it's, there's you, just something can you, different. Can you name me a, a musical that has a, a kick-ass second act? A kick-ass it's, second it's, act? Yeah, it's it's always it's always just a little step down and then a, a number at the end for me. There, yeah, there, I mean there are examples, but it's a good point. It's a good point. Probably when is uh, Hamil- Hamil- Hamilton's a, second act Hamilton is great. Hamilton is a pretty second, yeah. Wicked second act is um, moving, but, right, but the first act is better for sure. Um, you're right. And mm-hmm. Dave, Dave, you're right. I just can't get over it. We're gonna talk about it, but I mean you guys, you know, I can't, uh, I'm thinking all technically just being in school. By the way, this is my final day. I just finished my first fucking semester at USC. Oh my God, totally I'm so today. jealous. I'm so jealous. Um, uh, no, yeah, it feels good. I, uh, I can't stop thinking technically about stuff. And Steven Spielberg is just such a, a, an actual genius. You can disagree with whether or not you like some of the elements of his storytelling through his entire canon. But I don't think anyone would disagree with the fact that he knows how to move a camera and block scenes like his blocking and camera oh movement is always top notch. And it, again, it was like, he was I'm just talk about that later to get up to this movie, like the movement and the blocking and the camera choreo combined with Justin Peck's amazing choreography was aces. I mean, I, I just, every scene I was like, Oh my God, I cannot believe they thought to cover it that way. Cause you know, Robert Wise and Jerome Robbins, I think one reason we felt so comfortable on that episode with Amy Joe, and I still agree with it. I'm not disagreeing with it is that um, Drum Robbins directed the original 
you know, stage production. His choreography is genius. Nobody can argue with that. So I think Robert Wise and him obviously came to an agreement that they wanted to try to stay wide unless characters were completely still, which only happens a little bit between Tony and Maria. They do go in for some close-ups there, but a lot of that movie is played in medium and wider shots. They want to be able to see all the dancing. And Steven, in every way possible, Steven Spielberg, I think, leaned into trying to do it his way, but also do it differently so that it would feel like a different movie. They could not feel more different. So you can still mm. love the old one. That's what I liked about it so much. For all the people who really have a soft spot for that film, it is not going anywhere. You're going to be able to go home and watch that, and you're still going to be able to smile because it's something else. Steven Spielberg made one of the best Steven Spielberg movies I've ever seen. I cannot remember the last time he made a movie this good, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think he's I mean, there's already, I'm not there's already shit Os- about there's this, already like, Oscar talks like, over this. It, it's, it's a phenomenal accomplishment. Like, cause I, I did not think he could pull this off. Like I went in there going, all right, this is, this is probably going to be a bit of a chore. Like, I hope it doesn't go horribly wrong. Um, I will say one thing, Jeff, were you in my theater by any chance? Cause I I saw it at, uh, the uh, cinema number one at Dolby Digital. I think it's no, no. Okay, no, because uh, well, just a flashback to last uh, last our last episode when the Nicole Kidman clip came on. Yeah, that happened. Some yeah. people two rows back started tooting and cheering loudly for about ninety seconds. Just while it was like just sarcastically and ironically, I'm like, did they listen to our show? That's like, hilarious. No, 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 that's funny. Um, this is Jeff. Do you agree with us? Like, this yeah, is one of the best movies. This is one of the best movies I've seen in a very long time. Me too. Maybe I ever. said the exact same sentence. I, I, I don't can't wanna, remember the last time I saw a good movie this good. I don't want to get into platitudes. Golden Globe nominations came out today. It's got a bunch. The one that mm. the I'm gonna this is it's, it's well, here's what I'll say. The original story. I know John, you talked about flaws. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna mention a couple of them really quickly, and then we can talk about them more if you want. Because what I what my speech is gonna be about is how Tony Kushner and yes, I know yes. he had help from yes. I know yes, he, I know he had help from Steven Spielberg, but this is one of That's the perfect. best. This is one of the best <laughs> adaptations. Of, of, of something that was ever on the stage, whether it's a play or a musical, that this might be the single best adaptation ever. Because here's the thing, West Side Story, yeah. and this is what I've always said about West Side Story. I always said, I think it's the best musical ever. I've just never seen anything that proved it. So therefore I can't give it the, the crown. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Because <laughs> the ori- Romeo and Juliet has a huge flaw, which is that Romeo sucks. Romeo ruins everything for everybody. We've, we love the fact that he's in love, but he ruins everybody's life by being a cocky, arrogant prick who can't control himself. It's just the truth. He's a fool. Juliet is pure love and joy. Romeo's a dickhead. And they, he kind of ruins. It's the, it's it's the honest to god truth. If you look at his yeah. actions, no, I'm not buzzing that. Everything he does is only guided by his ego and by his 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 privilege. West Side Story takes that, and you have Tony as the biggest flaw in the original West Side Story. And they tried because something's coming is actually a late update for the show. It wasn't that wasn't in the original out of town tryout, and they added it because nobody nobody cared about Tony, so they added the song for him. But the truth is. Nobody believes that he's, he was ever in a gang, right? You never believe that he was in a gang. Um, if you just follow his actions, he meets a girl, stalks her, follows her home into her bedroom, kills her brother, has sex with her, and then tries to get her to run away with him. So just by, just it, by contrast, if he was a shark, I think most of the crowd in 1957 would say, deport that motherfucker. But because he was a jet... They root for Tony and they're like, oh, poor guy. So that's like, it's, I'm not going to, maybe flaw isn't the right word, but it's definitely something that the story, the original story, it, it has to dance around. Because unfortunately on the page, that's not great. Glossed over it. Also, the whole part of West Side Story is definitely from the point of view of the Jets. And the only reason they're angry at the Sharks is that they're racist. They, I know they're saying, like, you're coming onto our turf, you're coming onto this, you're coming to that. But there's other immigrants that are moving into that neighborhood. So, and they're not even really fighting over turf because it's, it's th- that, that whole problem, it's, it's really just racism, you know? And we try to, like, it's just anxiety. Like, cool, the whole song is really just about anxiety and they're anxious because they're racist. Like, so th- that, it's done really well in the original show, you know, as well as that can go. This takes that head fucking on. It yeah. takes it, it does not dance around it. It's like, it oh, sits how, there and how goes, are we going to cover that? And it, yeah. it's it's not there even it like the easiest update is make Tony somebody who came out of parole and has sort of changed and doesn't want to go back. Brilliant, Into simple, prison. so simple, yeah, brilliant and order. simple. 
Well, let's well, go well, from the beginning because well, there's so well, many. I'm, I'm going to take a step back because the next one, make Maria 18. And I know they just said it one time, but please, God, make it 18 because otherwise it's too rapey. She's 18. Her parents are gone from the original story. So she lives with Bernardo and Anita. She has a job and she pays her rent and she's tough. So even though she's small and loving, but she can make it on her own. Brilliant, simple genius. But all of this is really sitting on top of what they did originally, which is they actually reminded us where this musical is set which is Lincoln mm-hmm. fucking center, New York City. That is yeah. one of the biggest opera houses in the world. That was like the epitome of wealth and class and style, but you know, that and the east side of Manhattan. But what they, they literally tore down these tenement buildings with poor people, including poor white people, including poor people of color. They tore it down and they built up a mecca to wealth right there at Lincoln Center. And they set this movie there and reminded us that they're fighting over rubble. This is the whole thing is a joke. And rather than sit there and be like, oh, these poor jets, they said they 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 had Shrank tell them at the beginning, guys, your parents' friends made it out. Your parents fucked up. Please don't be your parents. Please don't be your parents. What the Puerto Ricans are doing right now is they are living the American fucking dream that you are not. And they say that in the second scene. You're fighting over rubble. Nobody gives a shit about you or your place. So get out. And they don't do it. They still fall into the same traps and it makes it hurt so, so, so much. Anyway, that's the end of my beginning of my speech. But I'm just saying that every (laughs) single update, by just setting those parts of the story on those pedestals, we're we're off and running. Yeah, this is what we've been waiting to get to because Tony Kushner is arguably the greatest contemporary, you know, theatrical writer, dramatist writer. Like he's, he's up there and he just proves it over and over and over again. Every single hole or lack of justification. Let's let's say lack of justification because there are so many things that are just kind of glossed over or didn't seem necessary to Arthur Lawrence in the original book. That is not saying anything away from him. I think that they shine a little bit brighter in a negative way in a movie adaptation. So they're really noticeable in the 61 Wise Robbins version. Every single aspect, every even every single scene had additional dialogue. Almost every single key scene had additional dialogue by Tony Kushner that justified, enriched, and heightened the stakes. There, are, When you track the stakes, the dramatic arcs that lead to a violent death, a violent um, climax, and in between there, there's a, there's a, a loss of mm. virginity, there's a rape scene, it, it, it can be very difficult to track that in the stage version. So from the very beginning... By establishing the fact that that they're coming from this situation in New York City was was extremely effective. But it was the the small moments, one little moment here and there at the end of the scene between Tony and Riff in the very beginning, which I've never felt like you got their relationship enough, which fed into what you were talking about, Jeff, how Tony just didn't seem like he had enough of a reason for you to care about him and to justify this ridiculous drama that he puts himself inside. The last line goes something like Riff looks at him, he says, um, you remember he's got that dusty can of soup in his hand. He says something like, all of those guys, they're just like me and they're just like you. So don't forget like where you came from, because even though you've come out of prison and your whole philosophy has changed, they don't see us that way. Yeah. The, the Puerto Ricans, you are still right. So you can't escape that shit. Then just, I mean, every, every aspect of tracking his conversations with Maria were, were greatly improved by just a few lines added here or there. The fact that they have Tony try to learn Spanish was really helpful. The fact that in the choreography, uh, in the famous Tony and Maria meeting scene waltz, Maria teaches him that dance as opposed to them just being swept up. That shit you can get away with in a musical where they just come mm. together and start doing the exact same choreography. It doesn't fly as easily in the movies. So like every opportunity, it's like they sat down and they said, we're not putting this to green light until every single moment is justified. <laughs> and it built to some really incredible moments. Um, this adaptation of Cool was the first time that I was brilliant. like, why has nobody done that before? Everyone Fucking has always talked about, like, brilliant. why isn't Tony singing it? He should probably be the one singing it. But it's not just he should be the one singing it. For them to take it into him actually having direct physical confrontation with Riff over trying to get the gun away, they justified the gun so well throughout and it built to the cool. Yeah, that is one of my favorite scenes, yeah, by the where, way. Where does the gun come from in the original version? It just comes out of nowhere. And then it they're ganging up on him. Tony finally feels alone by the end of that. And then I'm just going to keep going if you don't mind. I want to come back to the cool scene from a filmmaking standpoint. When they get in, I've played Tony, a music director, like, like I said, when you get to the rumble scene, and Bernardo starts hitting Tony. That's in the script. That's in the Arthur Lawrence book. 
in the movie version and on the stage version, he basically just takes it until Riffs jumps in there, whips the knife out, and, you know, they're on. The fact that you lit Tony, they lit Tony break for a second and almost beat the shit out of Bernardo and have to catch himself and realize he hasn't escaped. Riff was right. He is still them. He's never going to be able to escape that. He's already doomed. It justified what happened after so much more. It made you care about Riff's death even more because Tony, he actually rescues Tony from doing that. That's that moment. It never made sense before, but now it actually was justified. They justified everything to the... They justified everything in that yeah. scene in the yeah. Rumble. They justified everything in the Rumble where they made Bernardo an awesome boxer. And rather than make Tony beat him, he slips because they're on the salt. It's like like literally every detail about this. Because yeah, really, it, come on, Bernardo's, every, Bernardo's a better fighter than Tony. Well Bern, Bernardo's, a, Bernardo's a better fighter than Tony in this movie. But he slips. But he's, Tony's huge, though. Uh, Tony's Cassie, huge. Big guy. Like if the big guy. What's that Good line casting. in Game of Thrones, Jeff? Where they're the big guy... Uh, the giant guy crushes his head. Diego, uh, what's his name's head? Um, and the, that whoever the who the ball guy, the eunuch is, he's like always the big guy always wins. You know oh, the, yeah. the, that line. I was thinking Very about sad. that when they were fighting. I was like, eventually, <laughs> I was hoping he was going to take the turn and Tony was going to go nuts, and they fucking did it. And they yeah. just went in so tight. So you felt that. I think they justified the scene afterwards with him and um, and Maria. I want to ask you guys this because this may have been. Kind of my favorite part and the thing that I think may have actually pushed them into a bit of a problem corner just because they did such a good job with with establishing it. Anita's mm-hmm. character. Anita's always a wonderful character. Rita Moreno won for this and the 61 version. Everyone loves Maria. She has wonderful songs. We can talk about the America sequence for a fucking hour if you guys America want. America's the best perfect. number in the movie. America was so, so good. It was unbelievable. That but was an update too, by did, the way. That was an update. They did such a good job from the beginning, unlike the stage version. Of making Anita oppose Bernardo's stance against the Jets, like actively saying, stop acting like a gangster. You're, yeah. you're behaving like a gangster. Don't fight. You don't, I hate it when you do that. Don't do that. You know, it was really earned. It was built up so that she was totally against it. And it gave her a very strong point of view that she was so, it finally made sense that she was also hopeful in America that you don't have to behave like that. Mm, that yeah. there, that's another way that there's room for you. Now, what happened, though? They kind of wrote themselves into a corner, I feel like, because I have a love and a boy like that, this amazing scene, and the rumble where she's in church saying, I can't wait till he comes back. Because there's a very famous sequence in the 61 version in the stage production where there's a scene between Maria and Anita where Anita's like, oh, I'm going to have a night with your brother. He gets so, that boy's so hot after a rumble. It just says something like that. And it's like, what? It's never made sense. Now, they got rid of that completely and still pushed her in the direction of anti-rumble, anti-fighting. What are you doing? Don't do that. She was mad at him for at the dance mm. for getting into it and stuff. So then when the I have a love or the rumble came, they had to keep they put her in church and she still had the same lyrics. Um, uh, when she was saying, like, I can't wait to see Bardo, Bernardo tonight, mm-hmm. but uh, we're going to have, you know, still sexy. Anita's going to get so, her kicks tonight. Anita's yeah. going to get her kicks. I think, I don't know if that totally worked. And then the I have a love in a boy like that, the boy like that was amazing. The I have a love for her to understand. I'm afraid it kind of made them feel like, it made me feel like, I think Anita has learned more than anyone else ahead of everyone else that it's not worth it. Why would she encourage Maria to continue down this path, even if she's in love? So it didn't ultimately bother me, but I think they put themselves in a bit of a pickle. But then they came right out of it when she had her her rape scene and her confrontation with uh, Rita Moreno. I mean, unbelievable what happened at Doc's drugstore, that scene. Yeah, that was brutal. What they gave her to do in the confrontation between those two women of different generations. Whatever whatever the exchange between Rita Moreno was and her, not only just the fact that it's two Anitas talking to each other, but she was essentially like, why are you letting them be here? Why are hmm. I, why are you doing that? And just oh, leaving guys. it. And yeah, it was great. Sorry, this is my last one, Dave, and I'll shut up and we can talk some filmmaking because it, it deserves <laughs> it too. I think my favorite, favorite update, because you're watching Romeo and Juliet, you're watching Tony, a West Side Story and you're like, God damn it, somebody tell these fucking kids it's not worth it. They finally gave Marita, uh, Rita Moreno, Doc, you know, the sub, mm. like the substitute Doc. She finally says, what a beautiful, simple line by Tony Kushner. Life is worth more than love. And it's just, and Tony just didn't hear it. He couldn't hear it. Finally, yep. the stakes were high enough for her to follow it up by saying he's, she's dead. And for him to prove that he, not only did he not hear her, he's willing to die for it. 
They gave him one more opportunity mm. to justify his decision from the very beginning that he's not going to be able to live without it. Oh my God, so many and, scenes yeah. we could talk and about the, it. The, I feel like the I was falling part, off that was the, the one part I didn't I like. You. like so the one you part like I didn't that? like. No, no, I liked everything except his reaction. Oh, like literally his like. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, it was kind of a, it, that. Like it was kind of a little bit fan of the opera-ish, but it was it like it wasn't a face like I've just been told my girlfriend died. It was more like Ben Platt emoting at a proctologist sort of oh, thing. It was come just on, like, come like on. no, I'm seriously, it was like I'm coming for you, Dave. Like, I'm coming for you. <laughs> yeah, we got it at the same time. <laughs> no, it it really was. It it, it was too much. So you're, you're, that was but you're too talking much. just uh, not a script. Uh, no, not, it was not the strictly, writing, just, strictly uh, his emoting. In my, in my opinion, he, he, Ansel was probably the weakest on ground. I'm sad to say, but he was still. And do you feel that great. way? And he, he got was, better. He, he got better the, as he went along. But he was just he was to clarify, still great. though. Do you feel that way as a performer and actor, or do you feel like it's still a little bit of the Tony problem? No, I felt that that way as a performer as well. Okay, all right, maybe they they actually the the tough A to Z here is Tony meeting. We, Maria we didn't send any, anyone away, so we're we're still good, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tony, just come with us it, it was yeah. an interesting a to z that like their first official date they get in an argument and then he tells her she went to pri- that he was in prison and then there, she's like great let's elope it's like okay <laughs> like, that, that's still a tough a to z but i still Strangely, think they pulled it that up. didn't bother me but yeah that one thing was that like that that, that, dialogue, that, uh, that reaction i i feel like if i, if I could have seen a little bit more of his face it would have sold and, and they, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if it was him wise. or if it was yeah they made a choice clearly like that was one of the mm. few moments in that scene where he left the camera. Like, I know he was about to explode and go upstairs, mm. but like they didn't track with, they didn't move with him. They did. So, there were so much interesting crosses there. They held them in close up. And then that moment happens and he finally escapes into the darkness of that basement. So they clearly chose to do it. And I don't yeah. know if they said, go big, you know, you you got a wide frame when you I mean, walk there are, away. There are something. definitely times when that works. Nick Cage gets away with it all the time. And it, it's, <laughs> no, and it's great. Like he, he's, yeah. he's made a career out of that. And sometimes it's, it's entirely appropriate to, like overact a scene but that that just when did that happen it kind of pulled me out a little bit and that's the only yeah. time right. the only uh, time I, in the whole film yeah. how good I, were the uh let's try to mesh a little bit of the filmmaking with this storytelling updates the i think they sat down at one point and they said and i'm so glad they did Stephen Kushner, uh, Stephen, Stephen Kushner. we should just call them that, that that's they what looked, they are now yeah they, i feel like they all looked each other in the eye and they said this needs to have real violence to matter. Oh yeah. Are you sure? I could have used more violence in the rumble. I mean, the stabbing I mean, was very real, too, but I could have used. I, like I could have used some more. The Dude, violence you did see, though, was consequential. Showing up heads. The sound design, the very first the one. Sound design was that cool. paint. That paint. The first one was the head, What a brilliant! Because again, they're Just only fun. fighting because they hate each other. But to okay, to so that to, to storytelling and filmmaking, and we already kind of hinted this with Chekhov's gun here. So they they did a brilliant take on Chekhov's gun, where one person buys a gun, another person tries to get it. And then it ends up back in the first person who ends up giving it back to the other person who drops it. So a different person picks it up, but throws it to the other person who uses the gun. Fucking brilliant over the course of an hour. One single prop, the, 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 I feel pretty, my quick little update on Stephen Sondheim notoriously hates a lot of the show because he was trying to write for the, the method generation, so to speak, where he wanted people from the street to sound like they're from the street. And he didn't like, and, and very, he very famously hates I feel pretty. Cause it sounds like a girl from the street who's new to town, who doesn't speak English, all of a sudden is at a dinner party at Noel Coward's flat. But with musicals, which I think I understand. Which God, I, I think... wish I was at that dinner party. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, and and what and what Leonard Bernstein understood is this is idealistic. They're all dreaming. They're all daydreamers. Yeah. And and I don't think I don't think I don't think Sondheim really believed that. I don't think he really connected with it. So Tony Kushner took it a hundred percent. He set I feel pretty at the department store that she's working at, so that she's around the wealthy people. She understands what it's like to be them. And then they take one prop, which is this little. Um, with a little scarf, like mm-hmm. a fancy scarf. And she sings about, I feel pretty because she sees these people every day, but rather than sit there and be like, I want to win the lottery or whatever, I'm going to work really hard so that my kids can have a better life, which is the American dream, as I was saying before. And so a lot of it, officer Krupke is this dreamlike thing that was just fucking brilliant at the police station. Oh my God, really, really, the really, staging really, really, really of that. It was absolutely perfect and brilliant. Yeah. It's it's Broadway at its best, but it was also cinema well, it's, at its, it's best. Funny. But back to back to what John was saying about the prop okay. at the beginning. It's a paint can. We see the paint can and we're like, what's going on? But this paint can, one prop, not guns, not knives, not pipes. And this paint can led to the rumble. And it's like, 
and it's so simple that it's like, why didn't anybody else think of it? Why it's didn't like, anybody really else somebody... think? I know, like, because the opening... They painted over a Puerto Rican flag. They painted over a Puerto Rican flag, so and the Puerto Rican saw that, and then they so got in a huge rumble. It makes total sense. What else would a, a fucking nail go into somebody's ear over? Just like Tuesday at 2 o'clock? No, it's because they painted over the flag. Like, fucking brilliant. If anyone's Sorry, wondering why I'm letting these guys talk so much, it's because next week we're doing a Marvel movie. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Dave, um, let's... Get in there, dude. Yeah, I feel I got the filmmaking. Yeah, I got I got the feel with this, and I I can't wait for some of like I've been looking for stuff all day. None of the visual effects companies have anything on it yet. Mm. Uh, I've checked all their websites. There's nothing. Um, so I guess they're waiting to release it, which is a shame because like release that stuff now, build the popularity. Because from what I heard, ticket sales weren't that good. Really bad. Which is a damn shame. Because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure In the Heights outperformed this, and In the Heights came out uh, on HBO Max on the same day. It did. Yeah. And it's still outperformed this it at did. the box office. Um, and next week is is a huge Next week, week is, so. yeah, yeah, Spider-Man, which is, like, sold out for 40 fucking years. Um, but I, I feel like, back to the staging of this, uh, because I've worked in musicals a lot, and I feel like they staged it, and then went, all right, we're going to film that. It went, Like, it was a two-step process. It's like, let's stage it how we want to do, and then we go away and we figure out how to film exactly what we've staged because it really felt like the, like I keep coming back to Les Mis, but Les Mis was very contained in what they did. Like they, they were like single location, that sort of thing. Like the America went all over the fucking shop. They were everywhere. They were like six location changes, people climbing down ladders. Um, Just that one scene with the gun was amazing. Mm. Like granted that was one location, but cool. The 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 camera movement. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that made me think of I want to call that out specifically because uh there is a there are a couple of Steven Spielberg short films that you can watch from when he's a child making movies. And one of them is like a, a war movie and he's messing with like tiny special effects. He's just using like M80s and things like that. But there's this mm-hmm. one effect that he uses multiple times whenever somebody uh, a bomb will go off, he just basically buried a piece of wood under sand. And his friend would, you know, the actor would step on yeah. it and it looks like dirt gets thrown in the air, like an explosion. And it's just the way Still he used that the, today. Yeah, the standing, <laughs> the sipping the sand and getting them all over each other. That, this movie, this movie stunk, you know, like it smelled, it was visceral, it was sweaty, it was hot. It was, mm. and he never missed an opportunity to add one of those kinds of elements, to set it not under a highway, to set it in the salt storage place. It, it heightened it so much. It did yeah. so many things. So it's not just, it's not just, Spielbergian moments of like the establishing shot of the salt place from the overhead shop, the shadows walking in. Of course, that's fucking beautiful and awesome. And I'm glad he did that too. But it was the way he moved around in these incredible multiple locations that that really just blew my mind. And and the one-on-one intimate scenes were really excellent camera movement and blocking as well. But I would love to hear them talk about it, Dave, because I think you're probably right. I was I'm sure it was some kind of collaboration. I bet they didn't dictate from one side or the other completely. I mean, I may I mean, buy were... a fucking Blu-ray player and the hard disk of this just so I can watch the special I'm gonna features. I'm going to go see it again. Yeah, did you want yeah. to see it? Yeah. How about the ending of, it's just these obvious cinematic choices that just, you're like, why is nobody done? Why is why wasn't it done like that before? Yeah. At the end of the song, I, I, Maria, saw, I saw it today. And Tony on... walks away. Hold on. And Tony like hmm. turns away. Camera just pans up and she's standing behind the, the laundry line. She's standing yeah. on the balcony. Like, of course she is. Look at that shot. Yeah. Like, there's just yeah. cinematic. So I saw a thing today as well. It was uh, side by side of shots from the movie. And yeah. there are some that are like eerily cinema, similar, but like, of course, the camera quality is increased. And that, like the color is brighter and that sort of thing. But there are also some that are just so completely different in what they've mm-hmm. staged. And I feel like if anything, that's a reason to go and see this movie. If you've already seen the original, I took my wife with me who was a huge, huge fan of the original. Both her and her dad are like religious about the original. And she walked out of that almost saying, I think this was better. I took my girlfriend and she, that's like her favorite movie. And Mm -hmm. she said the same. We were both like beside ourselves at the end of this. We just could not stop emoting and talking about how good it was. And we both said very quickly, I think that's better than the original. We're going after, to see this again. After the Green Knight episode, I like I, I feel like a little I'm a little scared to take it to movies anymore because <laughs> like, I got reamed on the street after that one. But uh, I, I went I went with my friends Eddie and Aaron and Aaron had um 
she said that her, she needed a new mask because her mask got wet. Oh yeah. yeah. The same yeah, people, that, the same people that were like cheering sardonically at the Nicole Kidman thing. Some of them were howling, crying behind me. People were I mean, crying. The last, yeah, yeah. It, like it was, visibly. it ran the emotional gamut. It had everything. Like it was uplifting. The, it had the like you were sad when it needed to be. It was violent when it needed to be. And I'm glad they did not tone that down. Um, I feel yeah. like the only thing they toned down was was the rape. And I felt like that worked. Uh, let's that's talk okay. about it. That's okay. Yeah. Let's that's talk okay. about it. How and, and some of the fighting, was. some of the, some of the, some of the fighting where they like had people like in the air and like grab them, like they would have beat the shit out of them, but they kind of were doing weird stuff with them and they got, a, so they danced around a couple things I would say, but, but in the same fashion, they did the rape, hmm. but it's good to know that you can, you can, I think in that. those fight scenes where those moments are happening, I know what you're talking about. It wasn't, I, I could have had it going a little bit further, but even when there were moments in the fights where it wasn't going far enough, somewhere else in the frame or in the next shot, somebody was really getting hit in the face. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah, it yeah. kind of like that crowbar, you know, the pipe and stuff. It anyway, was a mix. It was right, a mix of violent and chore- violence scene. and choreography. Yeah. Which was a great the rape mix. scene. And, and, yes. and the staging was, of the final uh, scene was really great. Too. The, yeah. We can, yeah, let's talk yeah. about all of it. The rape scene, there were, they set, there were two, and unfortunately, it's true. I know there are no small parts and stuff. I hear you, Stanislavski. But there are two Jets girls. There are multiple Jets girls that are written into the original script that really are total throwaway parts. They're basically there to dance with Riff and the guys at the gym scene. And then they really don't have a lot to contribute story-wise for the rest of the script. What a wonderful update, Tony Kushner and Steven yeah. Spielberg, by having Graziella and I can't remember the other one's name in Doc's drugstore, in Rita Moreno's drugstore, so that there would be, for one thing, everyone, that's a cringy scene. It's always been like, mm. oh, I don't know if we should do that anymore, whenever you produce this musical. So to have them present when Anita walks in, you already feel a little safer. You're like, thank God this isn't going to be exactly what it was. But then to have that, there's a little arc that they gave these women to have them try to stop the boys from getting even all though, over even Anita. Though they, even though they hate Anita. Yes, even though mm. they hate her. And at the beginning, let's stop. At the beginning of this, anybody's just walking out and she has that wonderful moment. Get out of here. Like, anybody's is not a anybody's is not a she in this. Mm. Excuse me. And they they have a moment where they're in the door and they are the first one to tell her you should leave. And then she walks out. Anita walks in. The girls are there. They're saying, "What are you doing here? You shouldn't be here." And then they, as the guys get rougher and rougher, the girls start desperately trying to stop it until the girls get thrown out of this fucking hall. And they have to, they are beating on the door, trying to save the girl. The girls are trying to save the girl. They have gone way past the race issues. And these women are just trying to stop these angry fucking assholes. And it just did, it heightened the scene so much. And then again, to top it off, not to have a man come in, Doc can save the day, but to have this old woman, Rita Moreno, Mm. come in. And I knew all of you. I've seen all of you grow up and you grew up into rapists. That, you should be ashamed of yourself. That was like beautiful. Jesus Christ, that yeah. was so good. Yeah. Now, right after that, they did try to justify yeah. it. Do you remember when they walked down and Tony's like, you can't hear anything down here. Who was that? The cops? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a fun line. You know you can't hear anything down here. And it's like, all right, Tony. Yeah. That was actually, that was a Spielberg line. Spielberg was like, Tony, I need this line. And he's like, it's going to cost Guys, me Guys, nobody had a bad feeling It's going to cost me my Oscar. But Nobody had a bad feeling about this in this whole movie. <laughs> no, no, did you catch so that? Great. I thought there would be a... Got a bad feeling. Nobody had a bad feeling. About yeah, it. nobody <laughs> had a bad feeling. I tell you what, how, also, how good would how good, I kind of secretly wish though, like, because I had a couple of favorites in this, like Ariana DeBose I mean, was one of my favorites. I like, Anita, I loved. Yeah. Yeah, sure. How great so would good. it be to have both Anita's win an Oscar for this? Like, I, I mean, I, you know, I hate the Oscars, but like, just to, I, I just like, yeah, I just so like the, throwing, I like the bookend yeah. of that. And they're I throwing, feel, they're throwing Ariana into supporting. Ah. Oh. So it's it's yeah she she is supporting. In Where's this, the category so she, yeah. fraud button? No 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 <laughs> no. I mean actually, is actually it's right here. Category fraud. <laughs> and the answer is no. Chance. Anita Anita is definitely a supporting character, and I think she's going to win though. I mean, or I think she's going to have a serious chance to win, which would be really fucking cool. But if people she, see this fucking movie, wait, then read, yeah, read let's go all the way. She won supporting actress too, though. Yeah. yeah, but you know, it was Bernardo one too for the original. You know what I mean? It's like he was he was fucking good. This Bernardo was amazing. Yeah. He almost quit acting during the pandemic. Uh, I was just reading about Dude, that. Dude, I could not take my eyes off him anytime he was on screen. I mean, he was really that. That's I was talking about Tony and Maria being like the hardest thing because that whole storyline. The real hardest part of West Side Story is 
you're all rooting for the Jets and the Sharks. We love Bernardo and Nita, and then Riff, and even maybe even Action, if you count some of this stuff. That's almost better. And then it's like Tony and the Love Story comes in, and we love the songs. But when it comes to the show, you're like, okay, man, fucking yeah, let's go. Let's see. Bernardo's <laughs> awesome here. What's he gonna like? Yeah. You can't help but just fall in love. And of course, in the in the musical version of West Side Story, the guys are not in in America. Which is pure idyllic. It's pure. They're, they're just dreaming. So I don't understand why why Sondheim, who wrote the fucking screenplay, who wrote the the lyrics to this, I don't know why he hates on his lyrics so much for this because it's too it's too it's too idealistic. It's too dream oriented and not realistic. But look at the song America, which is brilliant. The entire musical West Side Story is sort of based on the the concept of America, but set in in his present times, which I believe that they saw in the Heights before they did the America updates in this. Um, but anyway, they they see you put Bernardo into this with Anita and they're arguing about what's better Puerto Rico as opposed to some nobody sharks girl. Nobody. I don't know her name. I think it is actually Rosalie, to be honest with you. Is that her name? Do you know, John? Not positive. Who sings? It's like Anita and Rosalie are arguing about it. And it's like, yeah, we don't even know who that other person is. And then the girls are dancing. But to put the guys in, to put the town in, because the Robert Wise version, there's no extras. There's no town. Mm. So to show the town and it's like, wait a second, they have pride. They do care about this country. Yeah, like Anita as, actually almost represented the people who like, as soon as yes, that shot, we, we have Puerto Rican flags yeah. and we speak Spanish, but we do love being here. As soon as here. that shot pulled out and I saw people in windows everywhere, I was like, oh, this is going to be like big yeah you knew what he was doing and it was he bright basically, the original version way. was so dark the whole time yeah. it was in, it was in the daylight the it's colors. in the sun he worked his way from the west side to 72nd and columbus yeah. and like i knew he was gonna do it i was like god you must he's take gonna go the all the way a train there, he's gonna go all the way <laughs> there and have the like fucking 300 yeah. people dancing in the middle of an intersection and he well did the it. funny thing is i never i never realized um that the the beginning of in the heights is the the beat da, yeah da. Like I, it, I the, did the it. Homage. I couldn't help myself. I, was like, I heard that. Yeah. I was like, let's up. But watch it. I was like, fuck, oh, damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, that's it. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. That's 100% that, what it that was. gave me a buzz. The, I like uh, that. How about the, uh, it, it's a sound thing, but it's also a staging thing. The, the impact orally and like emotionally that the gunshots themselves had at the end. Two gunshots. I'm glad there was mm. a second one too. Chino made another decision to finish it. But the just the, how loud it was. I mean, Stephen is you know no stranger to to really excellent gun violence and and the emotional impact, the consequence that those things should have. It hurt. Like it was. It it got me. That's when everyone really yeah. broke in my theater when they heard those gunshots, especially the yeah. second one, and felt him. Well, also it was really, a little really bit of a it was a little bit of a play as well because the first one goes through the shoulder. And yeah. everyone, like the whole thing was like, well, maybe they'll change it this time. <laughs> like maybe it, yeah, there'll be no. a slightly happier ending. And the first one went through the shoulder, and everyone's like. No, no, we're good. We're good. He can survive that. And then, yeah, the second shot, it's all over. They rushed it. Yeah. But the way he, the way he aimed was really haunting for some reason. Cause I feel like, I feel like most Chinos, John, I think you did, you did a really good job with this. Cause they had you enter and they had you really take note. I remember, remember Rob oh, thanks, having man. rehearsed at that. No, really. <laughs> but I feel like, I feel like it's an easy choice for a Chino that doesn't want to do it. That just like makes it seem really sporadic. Makes it seem like, Oh, oh boom, Tony. Oh fuck. What did I do? But this was, the way he aimed and it was really yeah. haunted to the point where when he gets, I mean, we're past spoilers here, but yeah. he gets arrested sort of, you know, in the background, but he gets arrested. He definitely gets arrested. Like, <laughs> he's the smart, he's the, you know, he was the smart, brilliant guy who is now going to be a, another Puerto Rican in jail, you know, to use that lingo of the time, you know, it's, it was really sad, but also the way he aimed that, I mean, it was really haunting. It's really they rushed the ending a little mm. bit. They kind of rushed it, but it was I feel, it was I feel the same way. I know that's kind of sad to say. I do think there was something maybe rushed about it. It didn't I don't think I was upset by it, but No, no, no. It, I don't know if it lived up to the I don't know if it was as amazing as as so much that was leading up to it. However, I think the camera helped sell that that, final, that, that moment. The camera helped yeah, enormously. Yeah. That floating camera to get to the last image. Yeah. I am so glad he did not crane all the way up above West side and like, give us a God's view. He no. gave a, you, you end in a fire escape, which is exactly how the next generation saw that violence out their fucking window. Yeah. Like this story yeah, yeah. continues. You are trapped in this West side with them. I just thought it was so powerful. I cannot, mm. I was so emotional when he finally got to that last shot. I was like, don't go any higher. So don't good. go any higher. And it just finally just lands. You know what? Cops you- come up. Oh, did you guys stay? Did you guys stay for the after credit scene? 
Yeah. Don't, no, I'm don't just, go I'm just fucking with you. Get the fuck out <laughs> no, 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 but did you see that? But you saw Steven Spielberg. I stayed is for always, a while, though. Steven Spielberg is always so proud of this. There was a little postscript at the very end of the credits. Uh, it said over 15,000 people worked on this film. Yeah. You know, he's always very proud of how oh, many yeah, people he employs. Yeah. Basically, he starts a company every time he makes and they something. Did, and, they, yeah. and we so talked about In the Heights. So where, don't illegally download it, you fucks. <laughs> <laughs> we, talk, we talked about in, in In the Heights where Lynn made sure they filmed 100% of the movie in Washington Heights mm. so that the money would get poured back into the community. Steve did film this in New York. It was all New York actors, New York dancers. It was New York and Jersey, cool. actually. Oh, right. Some of the interiors for Jersey. Crazy. Yeah. Not glad. But, I was but a little the surprised. actors and then all of the actors. I didn't and they see shot more on people than we knew. As well. They shot, shot this on film. film? Yeah, this was Kodak Vision Wait, Three. There was. But I just want to say really quick. There was only. Do they use oh, anamorphic shit. lenses? That I'm looking I did, it up. Keep I don't going, know. Jeff. Yeah, I don't think they did. I didn't see the old. No, I think it was. Spher- I, was I say, think it was spherical. They, the, whenever yeah, they had streaks, they had a streak filter. Yeah, I've said I've said in the past that Spielberg kind of is a grandpa sometimes. Sometimes like talking to like his grandkids in his movies recently. That's just the way that I interpreted some of his films. But there was only one time where I even saw him in this film. There's only one time. The whole film really could have been anybody. Obviously, you knew somebody who was a master, but there's only one time I saw him. And I'm pretty sure it was that it was the one scene that's just the one scene that was just sort of an obvious scene, which is I'm pretty sure it was when they said, there's a rumble here tonight. We don't know where it is, but we want the whole thing. And he just he just opened on a wide and just started his like very slow punch. in that was very easy. And I was like, ah, oh, there he is. There's Steve. With the, in the bathroom? The classic Steven Spielberg punch. It. No, no, no. I think it was when Corey Stoll was telling everybody there's a rumble tonight. And he's like, I want everybody on this. I want you in the docks and you in the there. And he just started oh, yeah, on a wine. Yeah, and he just yeah. like slowly, he, he does like the famous punch-ins. The oneers and the punch-ins are like the Spielberg's things that he loves. And the punch-in, when he started moving that camera, I was like, there's Steve. Mm. There he is. But otherwise, that the scenes in the apartment with all of the colors and the stuff, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen Steve do something like that where he's shooting at a, at a light source with like with colors like kind of, of draped in the apartment. A whole lot of the light sources and the, and the, the cloisters. Right? Just shining a lot of right stuff up in the cloisters. The cloister yeah. scene, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 it was cool. He's, yeah, yeah that, I mean, that was some, yeah, good, I agree with you, Jeff. some good shots there. I think it did him really. It's not not that he writes scripts, but there was something about like this was already given material. So you know, hire one of the best writers in the world to help you enhance it. But he didn't take so much free reign with it that he turned it into a Spielberg like script. You know, it yeah. was like it felt mm. it, it never felt. Um, and I don't want this to sound like negative, but there was I don't think it ever felt sentimental which is why i think yeah, this yeah, i think yeah. this script can can slip if you start to feel sentimental about it especially when it takes on this like status of almost like iconoclastic material and in, in the american music theater canon there's almost like a given amount of nostalgia in it even when you see a good stage production and they really steer clear to that and i don't I just, it, all these elements supported how they were able to achieve it i think but man yeah, i just yeah, can't, one of the, you know I can't this, say enough. i mean i i mentioned the start the the like the whistles and stuff but one of the things that really got me was like when they first panned over the rubble and it panned up and it, it was hilariously my first thought was oh they borrowed the set from 1917 but then it kept going <laughs> that's and, what yeah. I, mean, I thought the same thing <laughs> yes. oh my god i thought it was the burning the burning yeah. city right yeah yeah and but then it goes up i thought the same and over thing. past the like the lincoln center sign and then there's a wrecking ball and i'm like where's he going with this and then it comes down to the ground and then the fucking ground opens up and a face yeah, comes cool. right at the camera. I'm like, what the fuck? And the camera pulls back out and you yeah. realize they're coming out of something. They're stealing shit from a basement. And it was cool? the most amazing way of saying, expect the unexpected here. Like this, you're not yeah. going to get what you normally get. It was, it was and the way just, they, the way it was staged. It like straight up, it was a shock and it knocked me out of the frame of mind I had going in. Yeah. And I feel like and that I was a little simple. bit of a little bit of genius there. Cause it's, it's like a little bit of a shock. Puts you off your game mm-hmm. a little bit, and you're more willing to accept and yeah. ease into the film. And oh god, it was good. <laughs> when you nail something simple, like instead of starting in the future and then going back in time or doing like the end of adaptation where you're, you know what I mean, you do it in reverse, mm. where like the movie ends and then you fast forward and do a time lapse or whatever. The way they they just they open on what Lincoln Center is going to look like, but it's a post. It's like a you know the blow up that you see outside of construction sites. Yeah. and then they pull. So you see and it, pull and you're back like, and it's oh, like fucking, that looks like Lincoln yeah. Center. And then you pull back, it's and it's Fallout like three behind it. No, yeah. this is yeah, it's Fallout. Yeah, exactly. I thought 1917. Was I really, really did funny. think that as well. 
we're, we're, we're gosh, obviously we like the movie. Um, I think, I think we should wrap it up for the sake of our listeners, even though we could talk for another hour mm. about all the yeah. things that we liked. Shooting for episode um, two. The last thing I want to say, since we didn't talk about anybody, I want to shout out, uh, Riff, who's played by Mike Feist, who was in the original one of my cast favorites. of Newsies. One of my favorites. His, um, and what a weird, and what a weird Riff, because his voice was really high. He's pretty skinny. So like, maybe if you just took a look at him, you wouldn't think it, but it. holy like, shit, he was good. He, yeah. Also, we already praised Bernardo Anita like, Maria. He so. could, any choreography you threw at that guy, he was just like, done. Yeah. And they and they really they did chop down a lot of the other roles like Arab, Baby John. You knew who he was, but like you know, it's it, they didn't exactly like overkill the small the sporting characters. But I'm gonna say I was at a wedding this past year, and and if only I knew that the West Side Story movie was supposed to come out last year, so I would have known this ahead of time. But Mike Feist was in the wedding party, oh. and um, all of a sudden, you know, when you dance before anybody's even eaten, and people are up there and they're kind of awkward because they're not drunk enough yet, and like they don't know when the dinner's gonna be, and they're still like needing and saying hi to people. All of a sudden, fucking Mike Feist is in like a dance off with the band where we had this, like <laughs> the singers of the band, and he's doing like Latin dance, like tango and cha cha. I do and stuff. like that guy. And he's doing, a, <laughs> he's doing, and, and all of a sudden a circle forms. There is a circle at the wedding before we even ate our salads. Like fucking crazy. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, oh yeah, that's Mike Feist. He was a Tony nominee for Dear Evan Hansen. And he's dancing his ass off against people who are singing spanish music so i assume they're they they grew up dancing that and he's dancing against them so he brings the groom out and the two of them have a dance off with the two singers and the wedding has any like i feel like they just said i do yeah, they, and i'm they sitting there I'm like holy the bride shit and groom yet they didn't <laughs> out there dancing yeah exactly yeah so anyway they actually did they I, I don't even remember the order but it was like really early in the wedding and i was like mike feist like i knew he was in newsies but I only knew him from Dear Evan Hansen. I didn't know he could dance like he that. He was one of my favorites in this, actually. Like, holy yeah. shit. That's my Mike Feist anecdote. All right. That's, yeah. People. Definitely see this. Definitely yeah. see this. And if you can. It's going to come out on streaming, Dol- but no time Dolby, soon. Dolby, Dolby Cinema. The yeah. Um, go and, go yeah. and see it. It's going to be. It's going to be. Sorry, go ahead. Go and see it this weekend while everyone else is watching Spider-Man. Yeah, I was about to say, should we just go yeah. see it again and then talk about it again on Monday because we're not going to be able to see Spider-Man? Wait. Yeah, because if, if you want them to I see it in Dolby Cinema, they have, they have three days to see I got it. a ticket. I'm telling you, right, I think... Uh, this. I also had this thought when I was leaving the theater. It's going to be kind of weird seeing... It's going to be nostalgic seeing Stephen on top again at the Academy Awards. Like, we grew up with him just... He was a fixture, yeah. you know? He was always there. And he was often in contention for awards, not just not just mm-hmm. the presence who got invited yeah. and attended every year. It's going to be cool seeing him. You guys, he almost made this 40 years, almost 40 years to, uh, after Jaws. This is like a 40-year career culminating to this film. And, and, and I just, just, just think it's like, so well done. I think he's going to win Best Picture. All is forgiven for uh, 1941. <laughs> 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 All right, with that, we're going to go ahead and give you a round of what you've been watching. We had two weeks today, this time, because we took last week off for a number of reasons, mostly because John was finishing grad school and I'm in grad school, so there you go. Did we take last week off? Yeah, we I don't did. Remember the we did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so what you guys been watching, Dave? Uh, I, uh, I watched two things. Um, I'll start with the, the bad one. Uh, the, the new Cinderella. With Billy Porter? Yeah. And Camilla Cabello? And, yeah. and, yeah, and no no it's just, right. just this no just, yeah no it's it's it just right. tries right. so hard it's cringy uh and they yeah how new was this one the one several like, years ago like, no this no, year it's from this year yeah. it's from 2021 it's it just doesn't work what they're trying to do doesn't work and music, i music. i totally signed the james corden petition to stop him like making musicals after this um, James, I'm gonna go ahead and say that James Corden was not the worst. I thought he, was he was not fine the worst prom, thing about that movie. Whatever. That's for sure. I know people hate. Uh, him, and but, I also um, caught okay. uh, the film Censor, which Censor. is it's a horror film. Uh, it's set back in uh, London when they went through the well in the UK when they went through the uh, horror films are uh, basically turning the populace violent. So you know we're gonna develop this censorship thing, and it's it's uh, it's a very very psychological thriller. It's quite good it's on a lot of people's top 10 list of the year that's how i found it and uh i gave it a watch and scared the piss out of me in like the first 30 minutes it was great but it's also like it she is actually a censor who gets all these horror movies and has to sit through them and and watch them there's this whole other subplot about something that happened to her when she was young that's all i'll say and it's like one of the films she gets starts to have striking similarities to what happened to her 
Where and is this? take it from right, there. We love that. This was uh, it was filmed in in the UK. No, no. What, what uh, streaming service is it on? Uh, this is on Hulu, I think, at the moment. Cool. We don't care about national origin, Dave. We we want to know how to see it. <laughs> yeah, sorry, everyone. It's in English. Yeah. <laughs> English. <laughs> also, wait, wait. Can I just say really quick? Fuck anybody who's hating on the sub, the the, the Spanish. Oh scenes God, yeah. You, Is you that very, a thing? You who's very, hating on you that? Very, I, I saw. No, yeah, we would be, hold on, wait, really quickly. We would be remiss if we didn't mention that there was a lot of a lot of uh, Spanish dialogue that is not subtitled. And I thought there was, was a wonderful blend. Perfectly. Yeah, I know it we're three perfectly. white guys, but the, I really the, appreciated well, the that thing I is, didn't follow like, every I word. Don't, I don't speak much and, Spanish, like almost any Spanish. Um, I understand a little bit of it, but like it, enough of it, was, of it was contextual. I didn't feel like I was missing out. And to be honest, no. what's the percentage of Spanish-speaking people in the U.S.? Maybe learn a bit. What is that? What people are yeah. upset about that they're not subtitled? There were articles about it. They said it's like there, there was an article that was going. I mean, first of all, have you ever been on Twitter? But there was an article that was shared by somebody in my life that I knew was a cynic, so I, I don't talk to them very much anymore. Who very and, and then one of the, the I love it that the first comment was. So I guess you haven't seen the movie. I was really happy that that was the first comment. So it was basically like, is Spielberg trying at a power play? Like, oh, is he proving that he's so woke because he does it because he cast an all? Oh no, um, the magical Spanish woke word. Fuck off. Damned if yeah, you exactly. do, damned that's, if that's, you don't kind of thing. Jesus. Yeah, they were like, it's power. It's like, don't you want people to follow? And Send it's like, that motherfucker a thesaurus so they can find other words well, for and, woke. And I love, back to Tony, I love the thing where, where, he's, where Tony's pra- Tony Kushner, Tony, the character, is, is practicing the Spanish. And we know, because he just practiced, he's trying to say, I want to be with you forever. And Maria laughs. And he goes, what it means? And she goes, I know what it means. And it's funny because as an audience, I was kind of thinking, like, did he fuck it up? Did he say the wrong thing? So I actually, like, kind of needed Maria to, like, give me the clarification that she knows what it means. She was laughing because it's absurd for somebody to say that on the first day, which is why Romeo and Juliet, even though we love the love story, Romeo's fucked up. Juliet's the hero of that story. Okay, sorry, John. What did you see? <laughs> I'll back him on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we said that, though. Um, yeah. I uh, I'm in holiday mode. I've been watching a bunch of like school screenings, so I haven't watched too many movies. But we watched Jingle All the Way. We watched The Holiday, and uh, I got to go see. It's a really good animated movie uh, from Sony, The Mitchells versus The Mitchells versus the Machines. Oh God, yes, it's, I've seen um, that. It's so it's good. The new, yeah, it's the new Sony animated one by um, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Produced it. They're the same guys yeah. who did yeah. Spider Verse, and it's directed by uh, Michael. It Rina has that look too, Rowe. which is great. They were all at school and they talked about it. It was it was really cool. Uh, oh, and it wait. Was, it was very enjoyable. It was fun. I haven't seen an animated movie that looked like that in a long time. And it's not the Spider-Verse. It's not a copycat no. at all. It's a different style of animation. But, you know, it's an animated movie. It was really funny and touched the heart. Uh, it's on Netflix, I think. I recommend watching it. It's good. I have one more. What? I watched, I watched the animated kids movie Back to the Outback. Back? To the outback. Yeah, it's a, it it's like a, it's a whole group of uh, ferocious Australian creatures. Like there's a funnel web spider and a snake, and they they find out that they're being like set up as monsters, so they decide to escape and go home. And Aww. there's a yeah, and it's it's absolutely built for kids. I have a little bit of issue with the making the funnel web spider so cute because some kids might try to catch it, and that's not going to end well. But it is just a feel. If you've got kids, this thing is fucking awesome. Like it's it's so cute and cheesy and fun and Australian. So Australian, yeah. So Australian. Like you will get, you'll pick up oh some God. Australian slang. Oh, I think man. there's Jeff, even a budgie smuggler's line in there, but yeah. Um, I asked my friends. I was I had a bad day at a, at a job that I don't like doing, so I asked my friends at the Matt and Mark movie show for movie recommendations, and I didn't take any of the recommendations, but I will soon. But um, uh, Matt and Mark, here you go. No, they gave great suggestions, and I can't wait to see. Titan is the is the one that they said that I jumped out the most that I can't wait to see. Oh um, yeah, they did. They did not say Annette as part of their favorite movie list. Because it, it wasn't you fuckers. Oh, I thought, well, anyway, they, they like the Sparks Brother documentary, though. Okay, anyway, um, I saw Pig. That was one that I saw. And oh, yeah. did I see Nick any Cage. other? With, with Nick Cage. It's on, uh, that's on Hulu. Yeah. I liked it. Mm. I really did like it. I don't know if it's in my top five, but really, really happy for Nick Cage. I thought it was a good movie. I like Alex Wolf too. Um, and then I, I, I kind of caught up with some TV because I was sort of like doing the dishes and doing things here and there. So I'm catching up on the boys for a reason. Yep. And... Um, Loki and Hawkeye. I'm trying. I'm trying to like stay Marvel relevant. I'm trying really hard. Yeah, Hawkeye. Um, I'm loving Hawkeye. 
Oh, I actually, shit. I like there's a series about it. Oh yeah, I'm getting fatigued. Dude. I'm getting, it's my favorite. I'm getting a it's little a Christmas fatigued, but, It's a Christmas series, but it's cool. The, it's a Christmas the, series. They're four episodes in, cool. five soon. It's there worth was a bunch it. of yeah. traffic it's... the other day because of a fucking premiere a couple weeks ago about Hawkeye. I didn't know what the yeah. hell. I was like, he had a movie come out. I didn't know what yeah. the hell. No, it's a series. They're, they're introducing Kate Bishop. Wow, that's yeah, wow, that's cool. Yeah. It's a Christmas themed Hawkeye. It absolutely series. is a Christmas themed Hawkeye. Yeah, dude, I can't believe you missed the trailer. True Grit, they're fucking funny. Let's go. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, so that's it. Let's let's wrap it up there. We're at an hour. Let's let's close it. People, go see this movie. This West Side's really really yeah, great. Go Forget see about it. awards go see it and stuff. Again. Oh, God, we it's fucking yeah, magical. Like magical. This is going to be one of those movies that I think it's so spectacle. It's so Steven Spielberg. We could probably say that about a lot of his movies, but I think this one is uh, going to stand the test of time. Is a really excellent remake. Yeah, so I think it's you're going to want to be able open. to say. I think you're going to be able, want to be able to say you saw it in the big on the big screen. It's one yeah. of those movies. You should go check I it out. I saw it in Lincoln Center where the movie was set. They actually said the words Lincoln Square. And I was like, at I'm the IMAX? at the Lincoln Square Cinemas. The Dolby? Not the IMAX. It was the Dolby Cinema. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so jealous, you guys. Damn it. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, we're going to be all over Lincoln Square. And I was like, I'm in Lincoln Square right now. All right, people. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll see you next week for Spider-Man. Please check us out on the feed. Like and subscribe on the socials to hear more. And we'll see you soon, film fans. 